0: Hi everybody! Welcome to the KC Cairo Pulse Podcast, brought to you by Cats Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Michael Perush, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Troy Fox. Hello, Dr. Troy Fox. Good morning. What's new in the world of Foxville? Well, I tell you, I just made you know,
1: yeah. We get well. That's a good one. We we get all these uh, great emails, and so the email today was from Larry. (laughs) in Minnesota and Larry wants to know with everything going on right now in the economy and, you know, if you're watching the news, you've seen, you know, we may be heading towards a recession if we're not already in it. It depends on who you talk to, whether we're in a recession, heading towards a recession, which means a downturn in the economy. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you and I've talked about that quite a little bit. Um, What types of things are recession proof? What types of things are marginal, and what types of things are just going to flat go by the wayside um, in an economic downturn? And
0: it's big question, we have some big
1: we have some very solid <laughs> opinions on that. So I'm going to let you lead it off and, and and kind of tell me what you think. Let's let's start with what we believe is fairly re- recession proof, and what are some of the historical markers that we've seen that that help us make that determination. That's first question.
0: That's a that's a big one. That's a big yeah. one. Um, you know, in my opinion, chiropractic is, the chiropractic adjustment is pretty recession proof mm-hmm. um, because it, it relates back to function. So people are going to have, I think, more of a tendency to drop off with things that are not function related, that they don't see results from as quick. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think the basics of chiropractic and we saw this during the pandemic, my gosh, if there could have ever been a slowdown, it was during the pandemic. And if you played your cards, right, as we saw with most of our clients, they were, they were posting record numbers and record profits Mm -hmm. during the pandemic because people needed the chiropractic care. People wanted to stay well. People wanted to stay healthy people wanted to stay functional because they they wanted to be able to move and do things and so i think that part of our practices is going to do well i really do I would you got you got to work it to make it happen but yeah i think that part of the practice is going to stay just fine
1: i would agree with that i think during the pandemic the folks that did things right they followed all the protocols uh, you know to protect patients to protect their offices Um, you know, cleanliness and all that stuff, which which was just kind of a part of it at the time. Those offices that did all the right things saw great benefit because their patients felt that it was not only a safe place to go, but they were gaining benefit. I thought it was an interesting change in public mentality that people for once in their lives finally didn't see a potion or a pill as being the answer, because they knew that wasn't the answer. There there really wasn't. They knew that maybe there was some nutritional supplementation out there, but they started leaning on their chiropractors to answer questions about, should I take vitamin D? Should I be taking zinc? And as well, talking about the chiropractic adjustment and staying functional and well. And it was interesting to me to see that our patients led us to that and maybe we'd we'd we been giving them that verbiage over the years and talking with patients about wellness, but I think it finally stuck during the pandemic. And so that was an interesting outcome that we saw, which was a fantastic outcome that when patients got to a push comes to shove and they thought their life depended upon it or their health depended upon it, the chiropractic adjustment was a very important part of their lives at that point. And that, I mean you can't be any happier than that as a chiropractor that people finally got it. So I think yeah. that was a really good outcome.
0: And it it spilled over to more family members too. I think we saw a lot of family referrals coming in during the pandemic mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're still in care today, um, which is really the cool thing because when you start treating whole families, now mm-hmm. it's not one referral at a time, it's five at a time. <clears throat> um, so I, I think chiropractic itself, I think, is fairly recession-proof. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of us kind of spin off into other areas, other specialties, other services, and those kind of things, which that's all great. Um, Some of those may be, uh, patients may find them to be not as quite as important in their life. Um, Yeah. and, And I think only time will tell.
1: But yeah, we're we're going to put a warning label on this. This is this is our opinion based off of some historical data that we've looked at. But at the same time, we can't read the future, so we're just giving our opinion, really, um, an educated opinion at this point.
0: Yeah, and so I'm going to throw a caveat onto that a little bit too, and tell every tell our listeners a little bit about. Where this opinion comes from. Okay, so if we just look at the economy right now, we're in this really weird spot. So th- typically, when you're in a recession, which is a tightening of the economy, typically what we see is we see rising unemployment because companies are letting people go. But that's negated right now because we've got a lot of job openings. The problem mm-hmm. is we don't have a lot of people to fill. F- Fulfill those openings, fill those openings because the pandemic pushed a lot of people to early retirement and those kind of things. So that's an interesting component. Now, when you break that down, retirees tend to spend less because they, well, most of them are on fixed income and you've got a finite amount of money and you got to make it last. And,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, all of a sudden, the, uh, the stock market is not working real great, those kind of things. So we shifted a lot of people out of not only work, but probably out of the economy just a little bit as well. And then if interest rates keep going up, which they will have to, um, because that's how the Federal Reserve really tightens down the money supply, which brings inflation back under control, that in and of itself will slow down spending. So if we slow down spending and you slow down borrowing, then what happens? Well, you begin to see a shift in supply and demand. And that shift becomes that demand goes down. And demand's been really, really high, like Mm. crazy high since the pandemic, Um, Mm -hmm. in part because of pent-up energy to want to spend money. Um, in part because people didn't replace a lot of things during the pandemic and so forth so they're catching up. So now <clears throat> we're going to drive demand down but supply has been down. So is that going to push supply up? That's going to be interesting to watch because with the supply chain being bogged down like it is, if supply stays low and demand stays low, that's a weird spot. We don't mm-hmm. normally we don't normally see that. So I'm not quite sure how that's going to overall affect the consumer's mentality about wanting goods and services. It could it could potentially drive people more to service oriented businesses. <clears throat> okay, so think of the difference between goods and services. Okay? A good, I go to the grocery store, I buy a can of green beans, that's a good. Whether you like green beans or not. You go to a chiropractor and get an adjustment that's a service okay that's probably pretty obvious so our, if demand goes down and supply of goods goes down and people stop buying that can of green beans but services are still available because the supply of services the supply of chiropractic adjustments for example doesn't go down
1: Mm-hmm
0: we still have the same amount of supply. So it's going to be interesting to see how the population moves towards more services and less goods in an environment where the goods aren't available at any price. So that's, what's going to be interesting. Okay. So how does that equate back to the chiropractic practice? Well, think about the goods that you sell in your practice. What do you sell? You sell pillows, you sell, uh, uh, traction collars, you sell braces, you sell supplements, you sell whatever. <clears throat> Is the demand for those goods going to go down? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to watch.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So how do, how then do you recession-proof your yourself a little bit? I think you drive services, the intangible components of your practice, the things that your patients can't get anywhere else. What would those be? chiropractic adjustment. Nobody's gonna go out and buy a $10,000 laser. No patient is gonna go out and buy Mm a $10,000 laser. So they gotta come to you for that. They gotta come to you for your traction, uh, whether it's decompression or intersegmental traction or whatever. They gotta come to you for a lot of those kind of services. Okay, They they fall down. They gotta come to you to get an X-ray. They gotta come to you to get an evaluation. Are they gonna come to you for a pillow? Ah, they might decide you know what my pillow's a year old I know I think I think I'm just gonna try washing it and fluffing it and gosh if I could get another year out of it I'm not going to replace that good <clears throat> um it could become the same with supplements and things
1: mm-hmm.
0: now because supplements are a consumable and a, and a pillow it's a consumable but it has a different longevity Um, I think supplements are going to be interesting to watch. What -hmm. are people going to do about that? Is that a place where they're going to start to cut back a little bit? Is that a place where they're not going to see as much importance in it? Is that a place where they're just going to shop until they find the cheapest? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. And if supply goes down, what happens to the, or if demand goes down, what happens to the supply of supplements? Well, probably will go down too because if manufacturers aren't selling those like they were, they're gonna decrease the amount of supply they make.
1: Yeah, let Damn. me add a couple things in here yeah. real quick. So you, it's you be interesting. A, yeah, you brought up a very important point, and, and this is one that that I believe and you you as well believe to be correct that bread and butter chiropractic care, the chiropractic yeah. care that's been around for a hundred years. Some well, laser hadn't been around for a hundred years, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, chiropractic and and those of you that practice modalities, some of those modalities, those are things that your patients are coming mm-hmm. to you for, and I think that's really where the focus should be, especially in a in a recessionary time to recession-proof your practice, <clears throat> because we aren't sure what's going to happen with the other adjunctive things in your practice. We're not sure what's gonna happen with nutrition. Are they gonna look for a cheaper alternative? Are they going to buy certain supplements, but forgo others? Or are they just gonna continue to buy what they're buying? I don't think that we'll continue to see people to just spend, spend, spend in a recessionary environment. It will drop off some. So let's add (laughs) into this. Bread and butter chiropractic also requires you to listen to your patients. And when I say listen to your patients, you need to hear that that Bob lost his job 2 weeks yep. ago and he's hunting yep. for another job right now. And you're providing chiropractic care to him which is important and he feels that it's important. But do we need to maybe look at the frequency of visits, the the treatment schedule itself and make a determination do we need to spread those appointments out for a few weeks? And I just had this happen with a patient not too long ago. He was so mm-hmm. thankful when I talked to him about it. He said, Doc, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me about this. You've got other people waiting out there. I said, I know I do, but this is important. You're looking for another job right now. And I understand that You know, money makes the world go round. You got to pay your bills. You know, mm-hmm. And you just told me that you lost your job and you're looking for another job right now. So let me ask you, what do you feel like you can do? I know chiropractic care is important to you. I know it's it's helped your function. It helps you work, actually. Um, and, and you want to be here. Well, yeah, absolutely, I do. The craziest thing happened. He said, I've got money saved. He's a good saver. And he said, actually, I believe that at this point, I should probably come in. He He was scheduled to come in and see me in a couple of weeks. I should actually come in next week. I really, I really want to make sure I'm in top form as I take a new job because I know there's going to be a lot of stress associated with that. Mm-hmm. And that was me talking to him. And I was actually leaning towards maybe moving out to three weeks before I saw him instead of two. And he's the one that said, you know, I I really and I said, you know what, I can't disagree with you on that, but I was just trying to be mindful of your finances. <clears throat> And so that's a conversation that you have to have with patients and you may have to have them more frequently, but you have to listen to what's going on with your patients because if you're not listening, what happens is they'll take matters into their own hands and they may just decide, you know what, Katie, bar the door. I'm going to have to figure out a way to do this without my chiropractic care. And then what happens is when they do start care again, they're a train wreck and it actually costs them more to restart the engine than it does to try to keep it functional to begin with.
0: Right. And you bring up a couple of good points in there as well. Number one, talking to your patients, empathetically listening to your patients and building that relationship. And to use your example, because you listened empathetically and you showed concern, Mm -hmm. real concern, that turned into an opportunity here. You thought you were going out to three weeks. The patient mm-hmm. says, you know what, Dr. Fox, I can't live without those adjustments. I better come mm-hmm. in once a week. And that just spawned from you talking to the patient. So that's a gained opportunity, not a missed one. Mm-hmm. If you hadn't talked to the patient, you'd have put him out three weeks and he'd have said, okay. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and and it had been a missed opportunity for both of you. So I think we have to spend that little extra time to coddle our patients and talk to them and find out what's going on in their lives right now. People are hurting right now. It, not not just physically, but mentally. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody's just a little beat up right now. And I think we can be the bridge to close that gap for people between pain, physical, mental, Social, psychological, you know, we're not psychologists, but because we can show empathy for patients because we touch people, um, because we have that metaphysical connection with people, we can really be the bridge and help them realize that coming in maybe more frequently for those core chiropractic services may have a major benefit for them. So mm-hmm. I, th- I think this is time, it's kind of no different than during the pandemic. This is the time, exactly. you gotta get back to the basics. You gotta get back to the basics. And part of getting back to the basics is to really take a deep dive on your practice right now. And where is, how how healthy is your practice? I'll put it that way. Are you looking at your stats? Is your retention rate good? You know, where are your dropouts? Where's your profit per patient visit? Um. Are, are your costs getting out of control? That's something you really got to pay attention to in these times because if prices are going up, which they tend to do during a recession, um, what's your overhead doing mm-hmm. right now and so forth? How well are you taking care of your staff? Is your staff looking for a job, another job behind your back because... um Maybe they see an opportunity to make more money somewhere. Are you taking care of them? Do you, are you plugged into what makes people stay? It's not always money, as we've mm-hmm. learned. <clears throat> you know, so I think you really just you got to get back to the basics and become a really sharp, good business manager right now, and bring some common sense into it trying to go out and just inject a whole bunch of new patients on a $9 promotion is going to tank you right now.
1: Yeah, take care of the patients and and, and love on those patients because quite frankly, most of these patients that are chiropractic patients, they may come in and out of the system or in and out of different offices, but they're going to leave for a specific reason, whether Mm -hmm. that reason's valid or whether it's just a perception that they have at that point loving on your patients and taking that little bit of extra time to make sure that you're providing what they need, as long as it's within limits. I mean, every once in a while, you come across a patient that's maybe a little more demanding than you can even withstand. And you're like, man, maybe (laughs) that guy down the street would probably do a better job with you. I don't know. But you know what I mean? There are times when it's like, wow, this patient is—it requires a lot of energy and a lot of time from me. So love on your patients, take care of them, try to make sure that you're meeting those needs. And I really think that's bread and butter chiropractic, listening yep. to your patients. That's how you recession proof yourself. Your ancillary services, they may still be there and maybe they won't decrease as much as we think they might in a recession. But I definitely would say that you concentrate on the bread and butter.
0: Yep. And here's what I would do. I would write down the five or six. I'd get with my staff on this. I'd write down the five or six most unique qualities of our clinic. Maybe you're the only one in the area that treat, treats neuropathy. Okay. That's mm-hmm. one. Maybe you're the only one that does decompression. Maybe you're just phenomenal at chronic knee conditions. Mm-hmm. What are the five or six things that you do really, really, really well that are in the meat and potato side of your practice and focus on those things. This is a great time to just hunker down and not try to be good to everybody, but be great at those who really need those five or six things. Mm -hmm. And I I think you're going to see your practice continue to go up, up, up even during these tougher times. So,
1: And those, those are good talking points with your patients while you're in with them. You don't have to do a bunch of high-dollar advertising no. to, to let patients know that you're still there and you're still operating in a recessionary time. It's a good time to talk to patients about those five or six things. You know, our staff was talking, and we treat an awful lot of knee problems in our office very successfully. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't even have to say. You, you, it goes without saying, hey, if you know somebody that's got a knee problem, I'd love to take a look at them. You know, when you're talking about those things, it goes without saying. So from a very subtle standpoint, you're just letting people know what you do. I I can tell you that the other day uh, that I was working with a patient that I'd worked with for a while. And you know what? I made a grievous error. Here's my grievous error. I didn't tell her everything I did. She loved what I was doing. She'd actually come from another chiropractor. I listened to her, which was important. Mm Mm-hmm. I gave her the care that she really felt like she needed and wanted. She She's had several surgeries and we were doing some drops and some flexion and, and, and some different treatments on her than she'd ever had before with phenomenal results. She was really happy. What she didn't realize, though, was I adjusted extremities. I thought, well, you've been to another chiropractor. So I automatically assumed that she was already educated in what a chiropractor did. So she's telling me about this wrist problem that she's got. And it just developed over the weekend and, and her wrist was sore. And, it, you know, I said, well, we can take a look at that. And so I end up taking a look at her wrist and I adjust her wrist for the first time in her life. She'd, she'd had an adjustment on her wrist. And I adjust her wrist and I messaged her later in the day because I know her pretty well. And so I messaged her later in the day because we do all of our scheduling, messaging, talking back and forth with patients through a a texting system. Mm -hmm. And so I messaged her later in the day and asked her how she did. She goes, number one, why didn't you tell me you adjusted wrist years ago? Because I've had problems before. This was just the most recent. And oh my gosh, my wrist feels so good, all the strengths back to it. So that's a valuable (laughs) lesson that Sometimes you've got patients that have been under chiropractic care maybe over years. Yeah. And they had no idea that you do that, whatever that might be. Right. So it's really great to talk with patients about things that you're good at.
0: Yep. Absolutely. You know, and here's another thing to do I'm going to give you one more jewel and then we'll call it a show. But um, sit down with your staff and write down, uh, just make a list of your 40 best patients, 40 best patients. And what's the commonality between all of those patients? Is it a certain personality type? Did they come in on a certain condition that, you know, a lot of them, or maybe there's two or three conditions that you you can narrow down to each of them? What's the common ground? What makes them the best patients? That's your target market right Mm -hmm. now. That's who you go after. You go after those kind of patients. So, Going to be interesting times, and it's Larry who sent the question in. It's an interesting question. It's uh, almost a bad piece of meat. The more you chew it, the bigger it gets. But mm-hmm. it's uh, it's certainly a topic that's worth talking about right now.
1: Yeah. Hey, if if anybody wants to get a hold of us to find out more, maybe maybe you go. Hey, mm-hmm. what you guys are talking about is very uh, very interesting to me, and I'm very compelled to find out more because you know. My practice may not be in the greatest shape. It's okay, but I'd like to improve on what I'm doing. And I'd like to know what options are out there. How do they get a hold of us and what does that entail?
0: Easy. Catsconsultants.com. Go to the top right corner. You can go to schedule a consult right up there and you'll go right to my calendar. Let's schedule a breakthrough call, 30 minutes. They're free. Um, let's just talk about your practice. No no commitment, nothing. Let's just talk about your practice. Let's see where it is, what you want to do with it, where you want to go, why you're not there, and uh, how we might be able to help you get there. If you want to submit a question to us for one of our podcast shows, just send it to Troy at Troy. At CatsConsultants.com. easy enough, we make it pretty simple. So we appreciate everybody listening. And Troy, any last thoughts?
1: I think we've about covered it for today. I I think this has been a fantastic topic in in this time for sure. Um, Hopefully, this eases some concern and gives you some direction.
0: Yeah, we hope so. If you've got any more questions, please let us know. All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate everybody being a part of the KC Pults podcast brought to you by CATS Consultants, helping doctors keep their pulse on success and the economy. So we'll uh, tune in with you next time. So from all of us here at CATS Consultants, stay well adjusted.